Welcome to the podcast that transcends awareness into practice. In this season, entitled Harmony in Relationships, we will explore together the steps in the dance of relationship. Each episode builds on the one that preceded it. I present your question. Your question, I respond. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. Today, we are talking about disharmony. Even if this season is called harmony in relationships, disharmony is part of harmony. So this episode today is uh, focused on how to utilize disharmony. It is not um, about offering advice how to avoid disharmony because harmony and disharmony go hand in hand. I hear people sometimes um, express themselves with pride saying, oh, no, 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 we never, ever have disharmony because I try to agree with everything with my partner. Even if I don't agree, I say yes. So we don't have conflict, we don't have disharmony in the relationship. Um, if you believe this, I invite you to go back to the episode about conflict, to listen, to take a listen to that episode again. Agreeing with your partner when you really know you disagree, and I'm not talking about everyday little decisions, because then it would be impossible to move in the relationship, about major decisions, if you really have doubts or disagree, and you go ahead and agree for uh, them keeping the peace in their relationship, not rocking the boat, you are in for a big, big trouble. Because what happens, um, disharmony, when events in your life together will eventually alienate you from your own self and, of course, from your partner. So if you keep saying yes when you really mean no, it one way or another, it comes around. And uh, resentment builds in, um, troubles and difficulty, distance and loneliness will follow. Because disharmony, it's really an alarm which goes off in relationships, a natural, not pathological alarm that goes off, warning you that something is off, something is getting out of balance between the two of you and needs your attention. Disregarding disharmony will create a domino effect 
unattended disharmony will no doubt eventually lead to very serious problems. So what I'm saying to you is that pay attention from the beginning. Don't try to keep harmony at all times because number one is impossible for many reasons. Don't be scared of disharmony. Explore in any way that works for you, whether it's thinking it by yourself, talking to your partner, a close friend, even going to therapy, couples therapy, individual therapy, to find out what is the reason for disharmony. Do not wait too long. So when you have conflicts and they are not getting resolved, they build up. And if your relationship is starting to be described as disharmonious, that means you waited too long. Now, it's always hope. It's never too late to address disharmony. However, if you wait too long, if you keep denying initial disharmony, it might be too late to return to it later because people get tired and disinterested as time goes by. Having constant disharmony between the two of you is exhausting. You know, I don't have to tell you. It takes a lot of energy and believe it or not, it takes a lot of effort to stay in disharmony. So find out what are the reasons. Take it seriously from the beginning. Listen to what is trying to tell you, to what direction is pointing you. Find out what area needs correction, adjustment, improvement, expansion, but definitely your attention. So at times, and those of you that know someone or it's you are in this situation where you're already tired of having disharmony in the relationship. There's some questions, difficult questions, very difficult questions that you have to start asking. Because if disharmony has stayed too long and you're already exhausted, and if someone asks or you ask yourself, how is the relationship? And the first thing that comes to mind is, is not good. It's, it's too, too, too much conflict all the time. It's disharmony all the time. The first difficult question you have to ask, was this a bad match from the very beginning? That's a very difficult question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some relationships should have never started. So you need to go back and think of the motivation of getting into a relationship with this partner from the very beginning. 
So those relationships that is that should never have started, <laughs> but it's hard to know, you see, especially when two people commit to each other where, while they are still in that um, state of being in love, infatuated. Because as we talked about in the episode on love, infatuation and love are very, very, very different states of being. Infatuation often blinds you. And even if it's so much more exciting and invigorating than loving each other, there is a certain um, certain aspects that if you make major decisions about commitment with each other while you're still infatuated with each other, be assured there are sides of your partner that you, you refuse to see. You see... Love is definitely one of the most important ingredients, but unfortunately, it's not enough. And I think we talked about that before. So, was this a wrong partner from the very beginning? Because if that is the case, disharmony starts to enter quite early and is persistent in the relationship. So don't be afraid to ask the question to yourself first and then to bring it as a difficult discussion with your partner. Second question to ask, what was the original reason for getting together? Has this reason changed? You will be surprised about reasons that people have to get together, to commit to each other. The range is amazing. Some of the reasons is uh, loneliness. And these are not bad reasons, by the way. <laughs> but... Um, they might change. And even if they change, if the original reason you got together changes, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing or a good thing. It just changes as long as it gets communicated. So some of the initial reasons that people get together is loneliness, um, protection, wanting to get away from their family of origin, of course, falling in love, insecurity so and and is there a right and wrong reason for getting together no as long as there is honesty there is some kind of love <laughs> and in addition to that it might be out of loneliness it might be out of protection but if it's mainly for example out of because you feel safe with this particular person, but a lot of other aspects of the relationship do not work. There's no communication. There's no um, 
there's no um, the finances are not handled to your satisfaction and all so many other reasons. You see, um, it's important to so let's say you got out of protection because you feel safe. And now, whatever changes happen in your life, you feel fine. You don't need your partner to feel protected. And let's say you got together because of finances. You felt safe and now you have enough finances and, and financial security yourself. You don't need that. So that's, these are some reasons that disharmony starts to happen. The original reason is no longer there. And adjustment has not, cannot be made to enter different reason of staying together. Then disharmony happens more often and more often and more often. So what I'm, as I'm listing these different reasons to ask why disharmony is happening, it doesn't mean that the, the cause, the theme that you have disharmony should not be addressed as well. A third reason that disharmony enters and stays, did people, did you grow in separate paths? Did you become two different islands without a bridge anymore? You see, people growing apart in a relationship is quite common. And it's nothing bad about that. Not at all. As long as there is a bridge. <laughs> where what, what do you do on that bridge? You meet and you inform each other of what is new in your thoughts, in your reactions, in your perceptions. You don't let that become too private, all individual, all by yourself, and you haven't communicated to your partner. Because usually, at least in my practice, over the years I've seen very often that people are, because of their um, education, their career, um, their new experiences, they might start shifting, expanding in different directions. That is nothing wrong with that, as long as you get it gets dialogued, it, it gets communicated with your partner. If it doesn't, and it stays, and you stay in your own thoughts, quiet, secretly, <laughs> in your new ways of seeing yourself and, and understanding the world and your life, then it, it, it really distances you from your partner, and it ends up in disharmony. A fourth question is, are you a person that needs to live alone? Do you have that hermit quality that you never wanted to admit? You know, some people, um, they just do so well. 
living by themselves. They don't do well living with another person. But if you hide that from yourself, if you don't want to admit that to yourself, it's not going to go away. So what happens, um, you start living with your partner and you really have like an indigestion <laughs> living with someone and it's nobody's fault. It's just your responsibility to admit to yourself Maybe the kind of life that works for you is to just stay in your own home, in your own space, and still have connections and relationships, but never actually living together. And that is absolutely fine if that belongs to you. A sixth question uh, a fifth question, actually. Did you and your partner never manage to bring forward the married, committed part of you and the dominant part of your personality stayed single person? So you see, as you know from my different episodes and, and presentations about the, that um, the different personality has many, many different parts. One part is being single. Another part is being in a committed relationship or getting married, being married. So if you get married or if you get committed in a relationship, but that committed part of you never really is never born and you stay single but you're married that's a problem <laughs> that's a very serious problem because you act and react and behave like a single person um, and you're not single you see one of the most serious losses when we enter a committed relationship that nobody really wants to talk about is the loss. I mean, everybody's excited and you should be excited about being with someone, but there's a serious loss here. And the serious loss is loss of 100% independence. You have to check with your partner now about things that you didn't have to check out before. So that is a major loss once you enter a committed relationship. Now it becomes a partnership. So if you didn't shift to, to, um, to access the committed part of you, the sharing part of you, and you stay in the single, being single, that will bring problems in the relationship. It will bring disharmony. If it's a constant and it doesn't shift, it will bring constant disharmony. Question number six. Did you fall in love with someone else? That's a tough one. And falling in love with someone else, it's emotionally, it doesn't mean uh, only, you know, a sexual um, you know, uh, extramarital relationship, that also, but did, are you emotionally connected to someone else? 
um, even if your partner never finds out, it does bring disharmony because it's there. You know about it. Number seven question, the seventh question to ask, did the relationship end and now is entering into pure, simple companionship? But the other partner doesn't want to admit it or it's not the case for the other partner. Did both of you enter into a certain level of um, loving friendship, companionship, but it's not anymore husband and wife, is not anymore as two romantic partners. If that's the case and you're trying to pretend that didn't happen, that can be a problem and enter into disharmony. These are difficult questions. But if they are not asked, and if they are not explored, and if you're not honest with, really, is, is that the case with you, with your partner, with this relationship? You cannot escape from them, you see. So disharmony starts to happen between the two of you and it just doesn't go away. A lot of couples, for various reasons, um, which need to be respected because one never knows what happens behind closed doors. I know because people pay me to tell me what happens behind closed doors. But one never knows. You see your friends and they look like they're having such a great relationship. And then one day you hear it's over and you're shocked and, of course, scared about your own relationship. If that happens to them, what about if it happens to you? But a lot of couples, for various reasons, um, they... They stay, they choose to stay in dead relationships. So let's say there's a lot of disharmony and it's exhausting and the connection, the relationship is kind of died. And now there are two people living together in a dead relationship. A dead relationship should not be equated with loveless relationship. Believe it or not, two people might still love each other, but have grown to have no connection and both have no interest or energy left to explore any ways of reconnecting, of, of improving the relationship. So, it doesn't mean that we have any right as outsiders to judge or to push people that decide, or if, if that's your case, that you feel you are in a dead relationship. It doesn't equate immediately with, we have to separate, we have to divorce. Not at all. But 
you have to admit it to yourself. A few reasons for staying in dead relationships are for the children. Financially, we cannot afford to not be together. Fear of being alone is, is more severe than being in a dead relationship. Or maybe it's against your culture or your religion. Or it's a great concern about what would people think. So people have many reasons, many more than what I just said about staying in a dead relationship. What does a dead relationship feel like or look like? Well, there's no interest, there's no about each other, there's no connection, living separate lives, um, and living separate lives under one roof. Some aspects might continue to work. For example, as parents, um, both of you might be very good parents, but not as a couple. Or you became business partners. There's some kind of financial business uh, dealings that you stay together. If you're in a dead relationship with no intention to separate or work on the relationship, as I said before, at least admit it to yourself and to your partner that this is dead. There's no need to keep fighting blaming or judging each other because that's what that's what happens you see people stay in dead relationships and instead of just admitting it they continue to have co constant disharmony and 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 not wanting to admit that it's dead maybe we, we don't have to end it but it's dead if you admit it Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, there are certain harmony <laughs> that enters. There's certain serenity, there's certain peace of mind and of heart that enters. Sometimes a relationship, no matter how each partner tried, comes to an end. A breakup does not translate failure. It's never one person's fault, no matter what happens, how it looks like. Both people contribute in this state of relationship, always 50-50. If the relationship ends, there's a 50-50 contribution, why it ends. The relationship that ends does not have to be with hate, blame, and judgment. You see, that reaches that state if disharmony was allowed to go on way, way too long. Even when a relationship ends and when the hurt is gone, so not right away, later on, it's crucial to revisit how the relationship helped you grow. What did you learn? 
What are you doing differently now? How did you expand as a person? How did you become a better person? Not revisiting a relationship that ended makes you, keeps you open to repeat patterns that didn't work. You know, (laughs) I always joke with my clients and I always say, if I was a politician that I was able to create new laws, I I would be I would put forward a new option for a marriage constitution institution for the marriage institution it would be a new option the option to <clears throat> to adopt the rules as if you're leasing a car <laughs> so after 2 years let's revisit this of course it would put lawyers out of business um anyway so I'm going to leave you with this today. Disharmony is an alarm that something is not going well in the relationship. Pay attention. Ask questions until you find the reason for the onset of disharmony because it will not go away by itself. If the relationship reaches a point where it is characterized by disharmony, it may be a sign that the end is approaching. Don't be scared of disharmony. Accept it. Take it seriously and address it early before it becomes the way you are with each other. Waiting for your feedback, questions, and suggestions on the theme of disharmony. You can email them at awarenesssexpodcast at gmail.com or you're invited to be a guest on my podcast with your questions. Until next time, 